Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Stupid, 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 stupid. And then I said, okay, I- Addison, there's a lot happening. <laughs> I know. Don't be so hard on yourself, Addison. <laughs> That's why it's happening. Right. That wasn't very nice. <laughs> Hey, y'all, you're listening to the Denton Rules Yellowstone podcast, and we're going to talk Yellowstone episodes 9 and 10 and Bass Reeves, but let's get into the meat of episode 9 and 10 specifically. I know you were pumped to talk about 10, so give me a little su- so uh, summary. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I will in just a moment. I mean, episode 9 and 10 were so, so, so good, but I'm going to start actually with a hot take. Oh, Yellowstone, okay. has, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Yellowstone season three and, and season four. Season five, the jury's still out because the season hasn't wrapped up yet. But I will say that Yellowstone could have ended after season two and made me a happy man. And you can make a case that it should have ended after season two. But Bill, Billy, think about this. Uh, season four, you find out that you find Jamie's dad. Like there's so many things that happened in uh-huh. season four that wouldn't have happened. I haven't seen season three, so I can't speak to that whatsoever, but I can speak to four. And I mean, that's pretty juicy. There's a lot of nuggets still out there, but none of them were necessary. And the further the show kind of goes on from here, just the thread starts to unravel just a little bit with season three, maybe a little more so with season four. And then my season five, we've talked about, as a lot of people have talked about, it's still a very good show, but not quite as solid as, as it was here hmm. in season two. I mean, the way it ends with like the roller coaster of emotions. I mean, they take care of tiny little details, uh, hundreds of them in sort of just the quickest, most convenient, efficient ways. The writing is super sharp. The emotional is gut punching at times. It is just so good right through the end. And then there's no loose ends to tie up with season three either. It like is a really clean ending at the end of season two. I really liked episode nine. If we want to dive in there. Cause I liked it. I, I feel like it gave me, I don't know, like a lot of perspective that I didn't know necessarily go into or going into it. Like J- Jimmy, we find out that his granddad was killed uh, by the men who Jimmy originally owed money to. I didn't even know Jimmy had a granddad, you know, stuff like that where, and then the epic, oh, yeah, the did. Monica, no, I didn't. You knew, yes, yes, you did. He was in, that's how Jimmy ends up at the ranch is the oh, granddad that, talks to John shoot, and yeah, John you're hires right. him at the granddad's behest. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, you're so right. That was dumb. I mean, that wasn't dumb. No, I just forgot. Like, <laughs> you're like, stupid, 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 stupid. And then I said, okay, I- Addison, there's a lot happening. <laughs> I know. Don't be so hard on yourself, Addison. <laughs> That's why I stopped. Hang I was like, there. that wasn't very nice. <laughs> it's just a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you're right. There was a lot that happened in, in episode nine, but it was really kind of a, a build up to this episode 10. And as you mentioned, um, the Jimmy's grandfather is killed. That storyline kind of reaches a, res- reaches a resolution when Rip decides to take care of the meth bros, as I've been calling them, and, and basically blows up their trailer. Jimmy gets his ranch and those guys get killed pretty efficiently, which was pretty neat. Um, yeah. We also find out that 
Jamie got some pretty big news early on in episode nine. Do you recall what that was? And got a baby on the way, got a yeah. bun in the oven by Christina. He did not get the safe sex talk. Apparently, the Dutton <laughs> parents failed him in that regard. The sex ed did not, the birds and the bees talk did not <laughs> land with Jimmy. <laughs> he, he was uh, shocked beyond belief that this could have possibly happened. Um, but yeah, Christina has a baby coming and um, she basically gives him an ultimatum, says, get your life together, separate from your family, or you don't get to be a part of this little boy's life. Let's just talk about the big quote that she said in that episode. She said, you're the devil, I know, and I'm stuck with you. That has actually happens a, a couple of times, I feel like, that, or a, a really? variation of that quote. But um, different people have said it maybe throughout the series, I'm recalling. But yeah, she gives them... Um, she gives him a, a pretty amazing ultimatum to sort of contend with. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I know kind of what he decides, but it doesn't look yeah. as episode 10 rolls out that he's necessarily going to lean into being a father quite yet. Unfortunately, because we saw season. Wait. Yeah. Season four is where we find we meet the baby. Yes. Uh, we meet the yeah, baby. Season four. We see the baby. Yeah. So it wasn't like this moment wasn't a surprise. It was more so just for me of, no. oh, OK, so this is where it originated from. Obviously, I just never knew that scene that it happened. But I will say now this is a hot take, Billy. Jamie with a good old Stetson hat sitting down to talk to Christina. I like farmer, farmer uh, Jamie, like his vibe. <laughs> He's not a farmer. He's a rancher, Addison. <laughs> what? Sorry. It's Sorry, actually, was, I, I, yeah, actually, I absolutely know I just offended any single ranch owner, rancher, yes. ranch hand. Like, they're at the row. Please, no one throw rotten tomatoes at me. I really did not mean to do that. Uh, you're right. <laughs> Jamie you is call not. Call yourself an Aggie. I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, I went there for journalism and telecommunications, okay? <laughs> not 4 H. <laughs> But anyways, I did like I like that version of him or even earlier in the episode when Jamie obviously gets in. I mean, yeah, Jimmy gets the news that his dad or his granddad had died and Jamie's been working on the ranch for a little bit. Like, I like that version of him. It's just because I don't get to see it in episode. I mean, in season four. No, it's weird later when he puts on the hat. It's for like a formal yeah. occasion. Yeah, uh, nothing stranger than seeing people who don't wear usually wear cowboy hats suddenly put one on because they have to dress up real nice. It's like if you don't do it on a daily day basis, you shouldn't do it at the black tie affair either. <laughs> you know what? This has nothing necessarily to do with Yellowstone, but a fun little story I want to tell uh, our listeners real quick because that just reminded me of my favorite during CMA radio remotes. That's for those who are listening. It's what happens two days before actual CMA awards. We do yeah. a bunch of radio stations, do interviews. But why I'm saying all this is because I love it when Cody Johnson's team walks in. Because you know, don't mess with Texas. As they come in with all their hats, like they look like they genuinely stepped off the set of Yellowstone. It's <laughs> They do look like the Livestock Commission. <laughs> they do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it, it's um, – can I pivot to another scene that I've been kind of really easy, eager to get your take on? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. The boutique scene. Ooh, Monica yeah. is getting yes. accused of theft at a, yes. at a boutique. Um, the owner wants to frisk her and is really 
I mean, they really have the cops going at her pretty good. And then Beth comes in and uh, saves the day in a, a pretty graphic way and literally dresses down the boutique owner, someone she knew from her past. Mm-hmm. How did that scene make you feel? Did you like that scene? Did you enjoy it? Uh, where were you at on the range of emotions there? I enjoyed it because it was fun watching Beth. I We see this in season four where there's a few moments uh, where Beth and Monica kind of interact truly as yeah. like sister-in-laws. Uh, but up until then, I hadn't seen that. So that was now, obviously, we're working backwards. But I liked seeing this scene where it felt like, oh, uh, Beth is actually acting like a sister-in-law, like like as if Monica is her sister, uh, and really just standing up for Beth because I feel like Beth doesn't really stand up or protect Monica a ton. And so seeing that scene, her being like, you know what, I'm going to come after you, ma'am, Um I thoroughly enjoyed it. And also I was like, that the store owner had it coming. The only thing that I was like, wait a minute, this doesn't like, and granted Beth answered this when she was like, the police woman said, uh, you know, this is a, uh, uh, not volunteered search. What, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah. She volunteered for it. I think she said, or she, she gave, she consented. Yeah. Thank you. I was like, no, I actually think that, yeah, that's, um, more in the lines, but, as she was having Monica like take off her underwear and all the above, I literally was like, "This is so ridiculous!" Like, let's just pull a TSA, you know, p- right. pat down at the airport. Like, that's when I was like, "Oh, you've got to be kidding me!" Of just they were just shaming her at that point. And um, no, I love that scene because Monica coming in hot, and you know, as I mean, uh, Beth coming in hot, and then Monica where she's going, "It's okay, Beth, let's just leave." And Beth is like, mm, "No, no, oh, no, hell no." <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I don't just walk away. No, no. Please hold my beer. So that that, that was a fairly iconic Yellowstone scene, I feel like. And season okay. two has had quite a few of them. Um, after that uh, is when we cut to the scene where Rip and the boys take care of Jimmy's issues with the meth bros. And important to remember there is that Ryan commits to getting the brand during that sequence. He decides he's all in and uh, he wants Finally. to get the brand at that point. Uh, so not all the ranch, not all the cowboys are yet. Um Still, even after this season, uh, there's still quite a few who are unbranded, even though they're pretty complicit in some of the criminal huh. dealings with the show. Um, but then it's a, it's a fast forward to the Dutton house and the, the Tate kidnapping scene, which I, I do have some like behind the scenes on this to share. Oh, wait, how? Just I know people. Addison, I mean, don't worry about it. I just, I know things. I read things. Let me let me sip my tea, okay? Yeah, and I mean, so we didn't actually witness uh, Tate get kidnapped, right? He goes out to feed okay. the horse Lucky. Um, he seems spooked at a certain point, and then he's just gone. And then all we see is um, the next morning when Casey finds his boot and the mud prints, and we realize he's been kidnapped. Right. They actually filmed a kidnapping scene, but cut it. So they had these kidnappers that were all dressed up in camouflage and they filmed the whole violent scene, but it ended up getting cut from that episode of Yellowstone because I guess everybody just preferred the the drama of letting you infer what happened and what kind of trouble he might be in. Wait, how interesting. Oh my gosh, bummer for whoever was in that scene and that was your only scene on the season and you don't even make it in. Yeah, probably, probably, but I mean, they were like masked men. It was kind of like the guys who killed J- Dan Jenkins in episode ten. Like, you don't get a lot of on-screen love for that. They were like masked, camouflaged men, so they really? still got paid. 
You know, I mean, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm still going to tell you, I don't care if I would be fully master or whatever, just to say I was on Yellowstone. I'm wearing that as a badge of honor. You don't even sure. have to be able to see my face or I'm recognizable. Yeah. It could be just the back of my head. I'd be like, I was on Yellowstone. <laughs> Maybe they gave him a little courtesy part later on in the series and up at season three or something like that. They came in. Bartender and, five. Yeah. Like one of Taylor Sheridan's cowboys or something. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> one of those kind of roles. Real quick, before we get any deeper, I just want to kind of give people a little bit of insight, uh, because if you're watching the video um, a little bit later, you might wonder, oh, why is it different than if you go and listen to the audio? Billy and I are mixing things up a little bit when it comes to our YouTube videos. We're just going to be showing our Yellowstone recap and not our Bass Reefs recap. So if you want the full podcast episode head to spotify or apple podcast and you can listen to the full thing there it's just making it more snackable you know um that's right. that's our goal yeah and, and you know yellowstone season two is wrapped up with there so we won't have anything else to talk about um next week we'll be probably just bass reeves centered but um you know, it, the other reason for doing this is we're just kind of trying to find our audience on youtube as well we have a, a subscriber base on youtube of 750,000 people, and they're, they're pretty used to getting these three to four to maybe six-minute-long videos. Right. And we started dropping 45-minute-long videos on them. And the, um, <laughs> there just wasn't a response. Uh, it, it kind of affected some of the other videos on the channel in terms of how much reach they had. So yeah. while people – there was a, a great audience watching on YouTube pretty faithfully um, – we decided that uh, we could probably have all win. It might be a best case scenario if we just have a 20 minute ish or so episode on YouTube and then the full thing for people who want it on the places that you just mentioned. Yeah. We're, we're learning. We're, we're growing yeah. as the podcast grows and always love y'all's feedback. Staff at taste of country.com. If, if you're loving this new form, uh, we just started, so maybe give, give it a hot second, but yeah. uh, we, this is a podcast for y'all. So we always listen, take feedback, thoughts it's it's interactive even though you guys physically aren't talking with us yep for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done. Episode 10. Episode 10, Sins of the Father. So good. So I mean, give me your opinion on it. I mean, I'm raving about it, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. How do you rank season two and and episode nine and 10 uh, amongst all the the episodes you've seen? Season nine, I I mean, episode nine, I really liked. Episode 10 was great. I, I wouldn't hang it as like, oh, that's my number one. Actually, I think my number one was learning the origin of where Rip came from and his yeah. parents and all mm-hmm. the above. I had no clue any of that. So that for me was kind of my my Super Bowl trophy out of season uh, two. But I definitely like season two more than season four, which is a lot to say. But I think the reason why I like season two so much is because it <laughs> there was a lot of like – groundwork laid that obviously when I jumped in at season four, I'm like, obviously this happened. Like how, how I'm viewing each character now obviously went through character development, but I just never saw that. So I've thoroughly enjoyed season two as just getting, getting some answers for questions I didn't necessarily need answered, but it's kind of nice to have them. 
that opening sequence with Chris Stapleton's Daddy Doesn't Pray, and we watch John Dutton, played by uh, uh, Josh Lucas, I think, um, say goodbye to his father in the mountain. That's like, that is maybe my favorite use of a song on Yellowstone in all the seasons. I mean, that is just such an effective scene because we learn so much. It's beautifully shot. It's mm-hmm. emotional, and it's just the perfect song for that sequence. Um, gosh, that was so good. That was just a great way to open an episode that, you know, we talked about this last week as well. There's, there's these sweet, tender, heartfelt moments, and then it's just a 180 into the violence. <laughs> so it's I almost, know. you have to really kind of be careful when you start start getting in your feels with Yellowstone because... <laughs> yeah, because then you're going to end up at Dan Jenkins' house, and, you know, he gets yeah. shot dead. And, it, yeah, it's a quick, like... You can't yeah, quite, yes, literally immediately. And so you can't stick in the tinder too long or you're going to have a really hard time processing the the next step, which I will say. So what happens is after that tinder scene, uh, intruders come into Dan Jenkins' home. Dan ends up getting shot. This is the part that I just didn't, I mean, I understand what, I understood what he said, but I just don't fully get why he was saying this as he's laying on the ground dying he is essentially affirming himself saying out loud i have a right to be here this is america is this like his conscience he really feels guilty and he's trying to like reaffirm himself before he passes away this was his battle cry for for two seasons like he he could not comprehend why people weren't more welcoming he wasn't doing anything illegal. Um, he was trying yeah. to be a businessman, and he, he truly wanted to show people the beauties of Montana. His heart was arguably in the right place. So, like, again and again, it was like this, why is this happening? I deserve to be here. I I have every right to, to take this land legally as the next person. Why won't anybody let me live in peace? So he was just kind of, it was his battle cry, and that's how he went. Hmm. Um, I'm uh, at some point if there are people coming if there were people coming after me like that I'd say it is not worth the land is not worth it but in the end how do you feel about Dan Jenkins is Dan Jenkins a good guy a bad guy did you begin to have some sympathy for him as we got a little closer to the end of the season I didn't once again coming in at season four I just knew of his name you know knew kind of the history there now seeing it play out the way it did I don't have as much disdain for him I don't think he's as much of a true like villain or I guess technically he is a villain in this uh, uh, season but he's not a bad guy in the sense to your point of I mean he's a businessman man I, I would take that further and argue that he's the only good guy in this season Oh. The Duttons and Malcolm Beck and, to a certain extent, Thomas Rainwater. Um, maybe not so much Rainwater yet, but um, certainly the Duttons and Malcolm Beck, they're they're the bad guys. They're the ones doing mm. mean, evil things. And Dan Jenkins, he does represent a morality. Like, he, he never killed anyone outside of for self-defense. Um, and, and, like, he tried to operate within the lines of the law as best he could for a long time, aside from mm-hmm. beginning of season one, I guess. But, you know, it, it was just, you, you see a character like that because they're going up the Duttons and you think they're the bad guy, they're the antagonist. But and those aren't synonyms, bad guy and antagonist. He is the antagonist, but he's not the bad guy. He's actually hmm. probably a pretty good guy. He's just a guy that you don't really like because you're cheering for the Dutton family and their way of life. Right. 
No, that's, I think that's a super interesting perspective. I want to, this is, I want to pull this question for our listeners. Do y'all think that Dan Jenkins ended up being a bad guy? What are your thoughts? Staff at tasteofcountry.com. Let us know if you're watching this on YouTube. Get that comment section going. Um, yeah. What are, what are y'all thoughts? I was sad to see Dan go. Um, but I guess he did need to, the character did sort of need to wrap. But this episode, just really from the start to the very end, it just, the tension just builds and builds and yeah. builds. And that vice just grips tighter and tighter. Finally, we get a little relief when Casey gets into the Beck brothers' house. Mm. Um, sheriff Donnie Haskell ends up joining mm. the Dutton mm. cause, pulls the sheriff's back so that Casey can get in and he confronts Teal Beck, ends up killing him on the bathroom and getting a little bit more information about where his son Tate is. And then mm-hmm. it's down to the shootout with Malcolm Beck and his men, who end up being Militia Brothers and uh, the Dutton family. Yeah. Well, thankfully, Tate was rescued, obviously. So I have a little information on that as well that I'll kind of blow your oh. mind here in a second. Here. What, are, what is up with you in this? Like, Billy was actually an extra on the Yellowstone set, and we just didn't know it. <laughs> I love it. I'm just confused. <laughs> Not questioning it. I'm just baffled. But first, the scene between Rip and Beth, when Beth reads Rip the letter, from John, essentially saying that Rip is his son. He gives Rip that house and then immediately asks Rip to be first into battle on a horse to draw fire. Like that was. I think about that. That was such a, uh, that was like an epitome of Yellowstone type of scene. And maybe it even epitomizes the Rip and John Dutton relationship a little bit. Yeah. I do think it was really sweet though when he essentially called him his son. I was like, oh, yeah, tender. Tears. So Rip was crying. Big Rip was crying. Big Rip. <laughs> I mean, there was, uh, that was a beautiful scene. I mean, it's just another reason why I like this episode because it had that kind of heart in it as well before it got mm-hmm. to the violence. And, and as you mentioned, yeah, they, they do go eventually. They have to go to one house and then another. At the first place, they confront Malcolm back and John shoots Malcolm back, has a conversation as he lays dying. We never actually see Malcolm back die, which kind of fueled a lot of conspiracy theories about who attacked the I, Duttons at the end of season three. Yeah, um, I remember reading that. But, uh, and then they go to a second house and eventually find uh, Tate in a bathtub terrified his head's shaven because he's been kidnapped by white militia and white supremacists and mm-hmm. um they bring tate home but the trivia note to this is that scene where they rescued tate yes. wasn't filmed with the rest of season two like in that batch they actually what? began filming season three and shot that scene and then put it on an episode that ended season two and the reason that this makes a difference is that if you look closely, you can tell that Tate in that bathtub scene has grown quite a few inches over Tate, little Tate from the rest of season two. Why did they do that? Did they just want to add it in at the end? Like, why? I imagine maybe it had to do with just uh, logistics. Maybe it had to do with... Um, uh, maybe they ran out of shooting days for the cast. Uh, maybe they didn't have the space for it or the, the location. Um, I have a feeling it was probably a pretty boring technical reason. Uh, <laughs> but they knew they had time as well because, you know, like we they did during 1883, they were filming in real time. Um, Gosh, yeah. I It's been so with the writer's strike and stuff. I, I kind of forgot just 
how how the taping of Yellowstone operated. I mean, we really haven't <laughs> been in that zone for a hot second. Yeah, and I think like any episode, you know, any television series, they tape several weeks ahead of time, but not they don't tape the whole season and then roll it out. Um, so Yellowstone probably just operated like that. Uh, gotcha. For a large extent, but yeah, a pretty emotional sequence there when 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 Tate when Monica finds out and John Dutton has a good cry and I mean it's just all these big Dutton men are just everybody's weeping. I liked episode ten for that reason that you just saw a little bit more. <laughs> Billy's like great, so Addison just loves. I love all the crying scenes. No, the tender feelies, the warm and fuzzies, just. I don't know. It's just it's just nice seeing these men who are normally just very uh, callous, uh, just to emotion. Maybe uh, are you the kind like when there's a <laughs> someone in your family, a man in your family who's crying, you watch him, don't you? You kind of look and linger a stare, like what oh my do god, you look, mean he's by crying. that? I've noticed like sometimes <laughs> when a man is crying, like 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 the the women around them will come close and give him extra attention and, and maybe even look or stare at him as he's having this emotional moment when that's the last thing a guy who's not used to crying <laughs> once he just wants to be left alone and for no one to see this but it's such a rare sight you can't help but look it's like it's like the northern lights or the milky way i, I you just kind of have to look i guess car crash well well no i don't i don't look but funny that you say that of i don't think anyone in my family listened to this podcast but there was a moment last year where my dad who's not a crier was crying over something and my middle brother and I like went to just like kind of talk to him <laughs> and me who's like I'm an empath I'm a fixer I'm like are you okay like what's wrong like you know let's yeah. get to the root of whatever is going on <laughs> and I just remember Max looking at me that's my middle brother and he goes Addison just shh, shh, just just let him just run, just let him cry I was like okay okay I'm stepping away right about now I'm just gonna let this let this happen um but yeah, I'm more of like, okay, like, let's figure out like, why are you crying? And no, I've quickly realized, yeah, it's it's one of those of like, no, 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 that's not what that's not what's happening here. Just let me do my thing. <laughs> uh, I have one other question about episode 10. Any final thoughts, though, about the finale or kind of where it's headed from here? No, I enjoyed it. I, I, I didn't overthink it. I think so much of <laughs> Yellowstone in the past, I've overthought of like, let me look into yeah. every potential Easter egg. And I genuinely nine and 10. I was like, you know, what? I'm just gonna sit back. Relax and enjoy. That's, just that's just take it as it is. So what happens in season three is um, we'll meet the company that takes over Dan Jenkins' Paradise Valley. And okay. that'll effectively become John Dutton's new nemesis. And who Classic. And has, has to battle with. Um, and fairly quickly we'll meet that group of people. Um, and then the Bath and Rip love story will kind of continue to develop in some really kind of sweet and personal ways jamie ends up finding his way back into politics mm -hmm. casey and monica keep on casey and monica from there it doesn't look like these season three is gonna come on cbs as far as i can tell so oh really well i haven't seen an announcement of it no i could be mistaken and maybe they'll surprise us here after the holidays but um you know no announcement that that's gonna be the case which is surprising to me because you would think they would need the programming hmm You'll have to remind me. Well, let me actually, before we get to, I was going to go to trivia, but first I want to know your overall, like what would you score? You've seen every single season of Yellowstone. And I mean, you just said quite literally like season two and season three, you oh. really enjoyed what, what would you, <laughs> that was really passionate. What, how would you score? Oh, well, season 10's 
I've said this before that of all. Oh, you mean the, episode ten? Season two, wait, I mean season two. Oh, okay. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I've said it before of season two of all the Taylor Sheridan seasons. Like, if you were to rank them, season uh-huh. two of Yellowstone would be my number one. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I think it truly is the best season, and watching it again really kind of reaffirmed that. It was. Um, you could tell that he just really had the time to write it. Mm-hmm. Everybody was fully invested. Like you see so much more out of Kevin Costner's John Dutton in these episodes <laughs> uh, than you do later on uh, in the series. Um, yeah, it's just it's just a, a really tremendous show uh, for season two. And, and and you know the next best villain on Yellowstone is probably Garrett um, Jamie's um, mm-hmm. who's coming in season four. Jamie's um, dad, yeah. But there's just a lot of there's just loose ends that start to kind of appear, and there's actually a really big loose end on in episode nine that I don't know if you even thought about, but it's like the one that kind of drives people crazy. What was it? Do you remember how season, episode nine began? The very first sequence of episode nine, season two, Enemies by Monday. Casey and Dan Jenkins' bodyguard have teamed up to put what looks like a bomb in the gas oh, yeah. tank of the Beckwith yeah. plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that but, never. We never saw the end. <laughs> what happened to that? What happened to that? That is that is the thing. Is like oh, that was that whole scene, <laughs> and like we never see that bomb blow up. It is. Uh, it's amazing. Wait, like <laughs> that's a really good point. Huh. Like I think some of the other loose ends you can kind of just gloss over and understand that they're not really important. But like like Lugnut Boy. <laughs> Like Lugnut Boy, but somewhere a bomb went off in an airplane hangar. And like people noticed that. Like that was a thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wasn't going to fly under the radar. Interesting. No. You're so right. We never have answers for that. Huh. Yeah, that's a big one. Interesting. All righty. Well, let's get into before we get into Bass Reeves. And honestly, I'm sad. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully season three ends up on CBS. I, I want to. Yeah. Now that we're going, I'm like, well, might as well go to season three now. Like, mm-hmm. let's do this. Uh, yeah. I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this season two of Yellowstone. Uh, quick note that if you hear any uh, screaming in the background, <laughs> that's just my kids who have just come home from school. So <laughs> apologies in advance. Billy has three little uh, little boys. <laughs> we had some technical issues at the start of this that pushed us back. And as of that, my kids have arrived home now. And <laughs> They're actually our co-host today. No. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Staff at tasteofcountry.com is where y'all can leave your emails. We're about to get into trivia, but I just want to encourage you. Also, thank you for anyone who's left a rating review. We truly greatly appreciate it. I know you probably hear a lot of time on podcasts, like, please rate, review us. And, you know, I, I definitely, before I was in this, like on the back end of things, I was like, oh my gosh, it's so annoying. But now I'm like, oh wait, no, 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 no. That actually really is helpful and it really does matter. So thank you guys so much. And if there's anyone, I mean, I said this last time, we're headed into the holidays. We're on long drives. If your friend likes Yellowstone, send them this podcast and they can listen to it like I was listening to financial podcasts on the way to Lubbock, Texas last for Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, trivia, let's do this. Last week's trivia question was, which Yellowstone cast member was the first to win an award? Uh, cast member. There was a couple of crew awards early on. Uh, did you know, Addison? <laughs> that was such a weird way to say it. <laughs> Does, <laughs> I thought there was more coming with that. No, it's just like, did you know, Addison? <laughs> no, I was just wondering if you, did you think, could you have guessed the right answer? 
Uh, no, I, I tried to. Didn't John? Didn't John Dunn? Didn't uh, Kevin Costner eventually win something? That was it. Snow, but I don't. That oh, was it was. One. That yeah. was it. Oh, twenty twenty three at the Golden Globe Awards. Kevin Costner yeah. won an award, and he uh, gave an acceptance speech. Uh huh. I think by video later on because he couldn't make the actual awards show. And nowhere in the acceptance speech did he mention any of his castmates, yes, Taylor Sheridan, or even the show Yellowstone. Um, it was kind of an ultimate sort of dig at the show at a moment when he was having a... There was a lot of strife between all parties at that point. And it was a sign of bad things to come. Yeah, it was a little bit of foreshadowing that we were blissfully unaware of, and here we are. Yeah. Um, so Addison got it right. I suspected I was the correct answer. Darla. <laughs> Certainly Darla. knew that was the correct answer. Darla from Amazing. Ohio. I cannot remember the city she said she was from. But congratulations to you, Darla. You are the smart Yellowstone fan of the day. An extra little feather for your cap. Gold star on the fridge, Darla. Go out there and have yourself a banner day. Biggie size your combo meal if you're going out to eat Ooh, tonight. Yeah. You deserve it. And Darla, congratulations. <laughs> oh! My gosh, that was louder in my ears than normal. <laughs> I officially cannot hear. <laughs> I also want to remind people we have some cool swag now. Yellowstone swag, also just some generic country music paraphernalia. It's uh, tasteofcountrystore.com. And if you're watching the video, I'm going to play a little bit right about now. Some fun little B-roll of our store. But it's pretty cool swag. My brothers have definitely wanted a t-shirt or two. So I think that's my... Uh, my sisterly gift to the brothers oh, this Christmas. A little Christmas shopping. Very nice. I know. The gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> this week's trivia question. Are you ready? Oh, you betcha I'm ready. Hit me. Which country... Oh, so Dabney Coleman is the name of the actor who plays John Dutton's father. The beginning of episode 10. We oh, see him yes, die like alongside him. Kevin Costner. Uh, Dabney Coleman, mm-hmm. is a, uh, Coleman is a very famous actor. Um, he's had mm-hmm. a, a long, long career. And he's still alive. Mm-hmm of film and um, movies. Mm -hmm. Which country legend did Dabney Coleman star opposite in in a timeless movie about the place of women in the workplace? Oh, I know this one! I'll keep it. The CU kind of occurred to you there was was really special. Oh, dang. I have not actually seen this entire movie, but I've seen the really? the famous. I'm gonna turn you. Well, I don't want to say which scene, but there's a you famous scene that I've seen. You haven't seen that movie? No. But I have. That's I, you know I'm gonna take that and I'm gonna run with it. This is the one time that I think I've seen something that you have not. So. Yeah. Uh, good job, Addison. I'm going to affirm myself. Well, it is we'll find my out, day. <laughs> I guess. Don't, I mean, it might, I mean, it could be wrong. So, uh, staff at tasteofcountry.com. <laughs> drop a comment. I'm not. <laughs> uh, drop a comment in the YouTube video section as well. First person to answer gets their own personal reaffirmation next week. Heck yeah. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Let's Bass Reeves it. 
Bass Reeves Part 6. And <sighs> really, we yes. start to see Bass Reeves kind of unravel by the end of this. It's really taken a mental toll on him. He At the end of Episode 5, he came upon his, I guess you could call nemesis of sorts. Uh, Esau Pierce is his name. He's played by Barry Pepper. And he ends up being another law enforcement agent. Bass uh-huh. has to hand his outlaw off to him. And... Um, Esau Pierce makes it pretty clear that he's not going to treat the man with the same respect that Bass did. That ends up definitely being being true because uh, Bass later finds out that uh, his prisoner was killed before he was turned in, uh, thus costing Bass $50. But, you know, at home, um, on the road, Bass gets really just blackout drunk in a bar and then has to fight some people. At home, his wife is very upset that she's not getting the same man that she um, remembered from 10 years ago. And at mm-hmm. the very end, you see Bass really haunted by the ghost or by sort of these visions of Esau Pierce's character, who we find out is Mr. Sundown. I know. So many thoughts to that. For example. <laughs> go on. And I don't think... <laughs> Do 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 do, uh, because I th- I think the way that they talk about Mister Sundown is such this like hypothetical character, and then when you learn that he's a Texas Ranger and he's part of the law enforcement, I don't know. I just like I kind of wish that he w- Mister Sundown wasn't part of the law enforcement. It, I just I think it just I don't know. Well, the interesting thing to me is he was like a, almost like a like a, a fair a dark fairy tale. That's how yeah. he was sort of portrayed. Yeah, yeah. And then when Bass is having these visions of him, that's almost like a, 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 a fictional character as well. But he's very real, he, apparently. He's, he's someone that we had seen previously. Like, And we don't know really anything about this man's motivations for doing what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, that storyline hasn't really kind of taken off yet. I think the Mr. Sundown sort of plot point in general has been mm-hmm. a little bit underdeveloped. Like, I needed to know a little bit more about yeah. Mr. Sundown. And, like... I agree. Who is he killed? And who else is haunted by him other than Bass Reeves and um, this one character named Ramsey, I think was his name. Right. Yeah, just a little bit more. I think we learned... Well, two things to this. It's like, I feel like we learned about him too soon. But then at the same time, they're trying... I mean, they haven't really, all these episodes have been just really kind of jarring in the sense of we're trying to crush so much or cram so much into, what, eight episodes essentially that, I mean, I get that they couldn't take too much time to linger on Mr. Sundown to let us know who he was, but then also I just, yeah, yeah, I just, I was a little bit let down, I guess, is ultimately my emotions. Well, maybe more to come. I was encouraged by kind of where this is headed, like we're seeing some Mm -hmm. change within Bass. Um, a character we've talked about quite a bit, Arthur Mayberry. Uh, I know. He disappears. I still fear bad things for him. I, I feel like he's going to end up dead. Yeah. Uh, Since he's going away, he was saying that the, the white kids are after yeah. him. Um, but then I thought it was also eerie that essentially uh, the daughter, do- oh my gosh, why am I forgetting the daughter's name? Um, Sally. Thank you, Sally. Essentially the kids were watching her. At the yeah. edge of the Reeves property, which I'm like, I don't, I guess I don't understand the kids' prerogative. Like, are they? Yeah, they're really, like, really holding a grudge here. And it was very yeah. Children of the Corn-esque, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which I'm like, gosh, your parents must have drilled something into you that you 
I don't know. I, I feel yeah. like they had their fight and they fought it out and that should have been yeah. it. But this, this young man just cannot let it go that Sally wouldn't let the, the little girl cut in front of her. Um, I know. So I know. Pretty. I do fear for Arthur since that this was a scene that was made to be a scene. I was like, oh, like it. Uh, yeah. I'm not holding out hope that Arthur's going to be around much longer. I would love to know a little bit more about the history behind the character that Edwin, this Edwin character who is um, befriending the Bass Reeves and his wife, or at least befriending his wife with her, uh, <laughs> his partner, I guess not wife, Esme. Esme and the Bass Reeves' wife appear to know each other and they come to the house and they're trying to convince him. I think to buy into this way of life he's describing where they're essentially going to kick out Native Americans and build these sort of segregated communities of, of all black people so they can kind of live separate from the white world. Um, mm-hmm. Like I'm, I feel like I'm maybe trivializing that vision just a little bit. But this was not a concept I had heard of before. I would love to know a little bit more about the history if that was a, a real sort of movement, if there was someone hmm. kind of who was driving that at the time. Yeah. And kind of how far along, how far, how much progress was made uh, along those lines. Um, yeah. Bass was having none of it from the get-go. <laughs> <laughs> I'd assume we probably won't hear much more about that. If, if anything's staying true so far to these episodes of like, no, okay, great. We'll probably touch on it this one time and then we'll move on to something completely different the next episodes. So unfortunately, you probably won't get that answer. Well, I, I agree. Um, maybe, I, maybe just in history, if anybody knows a little bit more yeah. about that, or a, a book, or an article, they can link us to. I'd love to kind of just do a little, just yeah. a little additional reading because I think kind Absolutely. of tying the history. Part of the satisfaction for me for like nineteen twenty three, eighteen eighty three, and now Bass Reeves is kind of a learn, learning a little bit more about the history of sort of that era and the people who Absolutely. suffered during it. Um, yeah, so I hope to do that here too. I love that Billy asks Callista. To marry him, I, I like Billy. Billy's been my favorite little character, yeah. As you know, yeah, I know you're a big Callista. Apparently, that's her name, Callista. Ooh, yeah, that's her name, and she is not having it because <laughs> you can't buy her a big enough ring. <laughs> yeah, that ring ain't big enough. Which in my head, I'm like, bro, that is a red flag. Like, just just leave now. But I'm here for the plot. So, <laughs> but also, isn't it kind of just like the typical like young lover thing to do, like? The minute after you take the the young girl to bed, you're asking her to marry you. Like, doesn't that kind of just scream adolescence as well? It kind of rolled <laughs> how, my eyes a little bit. It's how like, old right. is Billy supposed to be? I don't know. Nineteen. Oh, okay. You think I older? Know, younger? I assume like mid twenties, but maybe that's because he just looks like he's in his mid twenties. That doesn't mean that the yeah. character he's playing is in his mid twenties. I'm guessing. I didn't realize, like, in his teens. 17 to 24 is where I would put him. In that range. God, but, I thought that. I just thought that scene was funny. So I think next week all we'll have to talk about is Bass Reeves. Um, depending hmm. on how much... If we just have one episode of Bass Reeves to talk about, I think maybe we'll hold off a week and come back and recap episode 7 and 8. Yeah, uh, kind I of think back that's a good back. idea. And, and <laughs> if that's the end of Bass Reeves, we'll tie a bow on it. But there could be kind of some news. Uh, we just actually got some news. Oh, yeah. We signed on today that um, Taylor Sheridan is apparently suing Cole yes. Hauser. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I'm so glad you said I had it pulled up on my internet browser. I'm glad you brought that up. 
Well, if we let's not forget his. Well, wait. But let's pause real quick. Are we ready to pivot off of Bass Reeves because yeah, we're gonna I'm hard pivot? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, wait. We're about to hardcore pivot. Uh, so if y'all recalled, we did this episode, and if you haven't watched it, honestly, I recommend it because it's just fun to hear where your favorite characters who or the yeah. actors and actresses what they're up to with the whole like when Yellowstone wasn't filming. So go and check. I can't remember the title of that episode, but. Anyways, it's a fun it's a fun episode. But if you recall, uh, Cole Hauser, who plays Rip, started this whole coffee company, and mm-hmm. it's called Free Rain Coffee. He has a coffee shop, coffee grounds, and essentially the debacle now that they're the reason why uh, Taylor Sheridan is suing, and he's not personally suing. It's the it's the brand. So Taylor Sheridan has this. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, Keurig Coffee. That is, it's called Bosque Ranch. And how the branding is, I'll show it on the video on the YouTube, but the branding is a B and then the lower part of the B, the R is formed. Okay, so let's visualize that. Well, Free Rain's coffee, so Cole Hauser's coffee, has the F and then the branch, the tail of the the top, I don't know how to describe the F, like the bottom, the second horizontal <laughs> line uh, starts the R for rain. And so essentially Taylor Sheridan's company is suing Cole Hauser's company for brand. It looks too much alike, which I'm going to be honest, Billy, when I looked at these two brandings, I'm like, uh, they are pretty darn similar. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, here, I'm going to slack you what I was reading on Yahoo. I'm looking at the, okay, I see the Bosque Ranch. I got it. And Cole Hauser's oh, okay. is free rain. Like, oh, really, yeah. it, it, the it's font. the, ex- uh-huh, and how they sure. have it layered. Like, we re- he could have done other things. Like, at first, I was like, oh, this is a little dramatic. And then I was looking at the brand and going, ah, uh, okay, dude. Like, you could have done it a little differently. Or Chosen a different name, yeah. Uh, mm. Which, yeah. Well, that'll My get settled own- fine. Cole just has to change his logo. I don't know that I see the... Oh, there's the stacking there. Ah. Yeah, it's on It's on the side. Well, what I was going to look up, I will say this. The, the kind of loophole in this is I don't know if every branding is... So let's say Addison Hager. Like, if it's always the A and then the H is directly underneath, like vertical, or if you can go horizontal. If you can only go vertical on most branding, then I'm like, well, okay, that kind of answers my question. I'm not a lawyer, but I don't think that this is enough for Taylor Sheridan to win this case. But Cole Hauser really could have, like, come on. like Been a little bit more creative? Yeah, you didn't have to get this close to poking the bear. Also, yeah. I love that the bag of free rain coffee at the top, like where you're supposed to peel it open, it says, yeah. rip it. Rip oh. it. Do you think that they intentionally did that? Yes. Yes. Oh, that's funny. 100%. Yeah. I've never seen rip it on a package before, have you? It always says tear, tear here. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm going to be honest, Billy. I've never overthought that. But now that we're here. Yeah. No, 100%. That is pretty funny. Good for them for that that little that little sneaky little Easter egg. Okay, well, a small little lawsuit there. But if there are bigger things happen, or if they finally drop some more information about these upcoming shows, we'll we'll come back on and do a, a podcast um, next week. We only have one uh, Q and A today. Oh, are who you we ready got for it? Yeah, I'm ready. 
from Shannon who says the office scene. So she's talking about last episode that we were talking about. So the office scene was brutal, not just in its violence, but in the amount of time it took. Cutting out the cursing and some of the violence, you really lost a sense of brutality. Just my two cents. And what she's talking about here, and Billy, correct me if I'm incorrect. uh, What we had asked last episode was, we've been watching the Peacock version. Billy got the kind of tail end of the CBS version. And we were saying that the Peacock version obviously shows everything. And it's just super brutal. And we've been wondering, okay, when... Viewers watch this on CBS. Are we cutting things out? Like, how is this working? And so this is what she's talking about, right? What yes. what they were seeing on CBS? Yeah, 100%. And she's saying that the, the office scene was shortened or edited heavily for CBS. And this is the first time. I heard some other people kind of say that episode one was kind of edited down. Um, but hmm. I don't think it was edited down in ways that you wouldn't expect. Like, there was some nudity um, in episode one and some F-word type cursing that you're just not going to get on CBS. This one right. was structurally changed. She's saying, and, and I had pointed out that um, late after that scene, when they cut to the dead bodies hanging on Malcolm Beck's porch, CBS mm-hmm. had drawn underpants on the dead bodies. <laughs> so it's kind of where the, you saying that it's kind of where it all stemmed from. But um, yeah, you know, some people are bothered by that. I'm not terribly. I mean, you know what you're going to get with CBS. A couple of people in our comments section were just upset that they didn't get to see more naked nudity um, or n- more nudity. I'm a little nudity. weird about that, but. So, sorry <laughs> for you, buddy. Own. I mean, there's plenty of other channels that you can find for to get your kicks there. But uh, I don't, I think all, well, by and large, I thought CBS did a, a pretty good job of maintaining the in- integrity of each episode. Cool. Yeah, I, I never saw any on CBS, so. Yeah. I will take your thoughts on that. All righty, y'all. Well, thanks for hanging out. And uh, don't forget, staffattasteofcountry.com is where you can leave the trivia question or answer. And hopefully you got as excited as I did when Billy was sharing it. (laughs) (laughs) As always, y'all, thank you guys for listening. As I said earlier in the podcast, we always appreciate a rating and review. I can hear Billy's kiddos. So that is our cue to head out. As always, the Dutton Rules Yellowstone podcast is another brutally honest Townsgrim Radio podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.